Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Beitem war Pharmaschiach, er wird noch kommen, wenn wir vertrugen sich. Jeder einer Dabendem, Beitem war Pharmaschiach, er will schon kommen, er wartet auf dir in mir.
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with Mordechai ben David and Vani Bechazdecha. Uh, before that, you heard Mizmar Shiru done by Moshav Band. Eli Schwebel had Abishter. As we keep in mind who is in charge of this world, he's easy to remember now during the uh, coronavirus situation. Milach Cohen via Hafta. Colin Shamad done by Yaakov Shweki. Mordechai Shapiro's Mode. And of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this March 13th, day 17 in the month of Adar, the year 5780, Tafshin uh, Pei. It's Shabbos Parshas Kitisa with Erev Shabbos Parshas Para as well. We have both the Parshios or the regular Parsha plus a special one on this uh, on this upcoming Shabbos. Candle lighting in the New York area, 641. Remember, we are now on daylight saving time. Uh, Six-hour difference between us and Israel, which means in Israel now it's 1232 on a Friday afternoon. We will light candles in New York at 641. And um, I don't know when Israel is lighting or Jerusalem is lighting, but um, remember, it's a six-hour difference. So keep that in mind when you're in touch with friends and family in the Holy Land. Uh, those of you who are under quarantine, our thoughts are with you, and I'm uh, happy that you have chosen this venue to get together with uh, with listeners and people from around the world, um, listening in to the same information, talking about the same things, uh, reaching out, and um, and certainly having in mind those communities that are going through the difficult, difficult times of the coronavirus. Everybody, of course has difficult times in regard to this virus. It's affecting everybody, but those who are quarantined and are in these uh, specific situations, and certainly those who are ill, uh, we are thinking of you and praying for your speedy and full recovery. May it come very, very quickly. 49 degrees, 92% humidity, winds are east at 7 miles per hour. Rain today in the morning here in New York with a high of 68. Wow. Mostly clear tonight, low 42. Tomorrow, mostly sunny for Shabbos and a high of 57 degrees. 53 right now in Yerushalayim. I think there's some rain in Yerushalayim. 49 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Well, I guess it was inevitable, and certainly throughout the day yesterday, we were all predicting it. Uh, the NCAA has uh, canceled everything. And that means that today, which I thought would be a respite for Jews around the world to tune in and enjoy the Yeshiva University Maccabees. Uh, today's game is not going to take place. The Maccabees season is over, as are the seasons of hundreds and hundreds of uh, college teams around the country, some of whom had great promise for this year, including us. Yeah, I say us, Yeshiva University. And uh, we are going to... Um, likely speak with Coach Elliot Steinmetz coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, maybe toward the end of the 8 o'clock hour. Um, we are we are going to Facebook Live our broadcast this morning, starting at about 7.30 Eastern time. Won't be much to see, uh, but we'll have an opportunity to reach more people through Facebook as well, in addition to our app and our network, uh, on a day when we're trying to encourage people to be together and to... Uh, you know, gather together, especially those who don't have that feeling of brotherhood and sisterhood because they're alone, they're isolated, etc. So we'll Facebook Live, and uh, you'll see what's happening here in the studio. Again, not much, but to a lot of people, it's interesting, certainly. And um, when uh, Malcolm Homeline joins us, he'll be on the phone. 
Uh, so we'll have that on, uh, obviously, on the Nahum Siegel Network and on Facebook Live, uh, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Rabbi Yudin will speak. We'll have that for you about Parsha's Kitisa and Parsha's Para. Uh, Mark Rosenberg is going to join us because, remember, Sunday is the virtual mega event for uh, Nefesh Benefesh. So we will have that for you coming up. And the last but not least, the coach of the Yeshiva University, Maccabees, Elliot Steinmetz, is slated to join us. And um, we are anxious to speak with him and let him know again how proud this team has made the entire Jewish world over the last many, many months, and in some cases over the last four years. Yeah. And we'll certainly let him know that coming up here at uh, JM in the AM. Uh, all that while we're on Facebook Live. Again, starting at about 7.30 till the end of the show, we will uh, go to Naomi Nachman once JM and the AM eventually ends. I'm anticipating that, that if we follow the schedule I've planned, that we will go past 9 o'clock Eastern time this morning. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausages, and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954, and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today, Abel's and Hyman. And a lot of people are doing a lot of shopping <laughs> for a lot of things these days. <laughs> Seems the food industry is recession-proof. <laughs> at least the uh, supermarket-type food. Um... So when you do, make sure to load up your basket with great A&H products for your family. You will be glad you did. Um, yesterday, Rabbi Pesach Krohn was here, a video that's getting a lot of attention online at Facebook, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. You could order Rabbi Krohn's book. It, it is brilliant. It is a brilliant book. Uh, at the Magid Seder. You could order Rabbi Krohn's book by going to artscroll.com, artscroll.com. 15% discount if you use the promo code radio. 15% discount if you use the promo code radio, and we strongly recommend you do so. By the way, we mentioned that the Sunday is the uh, virtual mega event for Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, you can go to uh, nbn.org.il and register right now because if you plan on watching some of the uh, seminars, webinars, presentations online, uh, they'd like for you to uh, to uh, register for the event. So register uh, for the Nefesh Benefesh event this coming Sunday. I believe the first presentation is 11 a.m. Eastern time. You can check that on the schedule there. Go to nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il for all the information. Again, that's nbn.org.il. And... Um, and there you will have a... Uh, an opportunity to register and um, and check out what they have to offer uh, in terms of this coming Sunday, the virtual mega event. Originally, it was supposed to be almost 2,000 people in Teaneck, New Jersey with us. We were uh, scheduled to be there and broadcast live, but we are not in control of this world. No, we are not in control of this world. And... Um, that's important to keep in mind. That's for sure. We are still planning, please God, uh, to be up in the Catskill region for Pesach. We we nobody knows you know exactly what's going to happen over the next three weeks, frankly. Uh, but we want everyone to keep this in mind as an option, if in fact it is a realistic option for everybody. Uh, we'll be with the uh, Hudson Valley Resort up in the Catskills. Information. 
Uh, you go to uh, destinations613.com, destinations613.com, and get all the information. Uh, these are words from um, Tehillim chapter 142. Uh, someone had told me yesterday this was the chapter of Tehillim chosen by uh, at least one Torah giant, if not more, uh, to be said during these times. Uh, we go back uh, in time. Uh, to uh, a selection by Simcha Weber at JM in the AM.
is coming so just hang in during the week when your life is so dreary thinking of Shabbos is where to begin at work or in school you're constantly toiling at making a living or learning shot just keep in mind soon the chunk will be boiling the smell wafting up from the farbaware pot Shabbos is more than a day don't you see it helps you to get through the week that's why it was given to Providing the rest that we seek It's a warm feeling that can't be denied Just think about it, you'll find There's something about it you carry inside Shabbos is a state of mind Monday through Friday, your boss is complaining You stare into space and you make a wish you're sitting in shul and you're listening to laning And then you are home and you're eating your fish Each day in chakras you always are counting How many days are there still left When Friday comes your excitement is mounting You find yourself shouting TGIF Shabbos is more than a day, don't you see? It helps you to get through the week That's why it was given to you and to me Providing the rest that we seek It's a warm feeling that can't be denied Just think about it, you'll find There's something about it you carry inside Shabbos is a state of mind Music 
Yeah. 
רושם, תואם, אני שומע ורואה, כאן במקום הזה, את כל מה שהיה, לי את כל מה שעוד יהיה, רק במקום הזה. אני שייך, הלב נמשך, אני בוכה להישאר, הכל כדאי, אני חי בארץ כישראל. This is my home, this is the place to be, מרגיש את Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M., that's uh, the Maccabees with uh, Dror Yikra. Friday morning broadcast. We close out the uh, first hour here this morning at J.M. in the A.M. Dovi Shapiro had This Is My Home. You heard Shlomo Katz and Proke. Shabbos is a state of mind. That was Rocky Zweig. Simcha Weber had Zoakti words from uh, Tehillim 142, a chapter that many, uh, at least, well, I shouldn't say many because I know of at least one, Torah Giant recommends we say at this time. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Want to wish a major Mazel Tov to the Rosen and Hode families. Avital Rosen, Tyler Hode. Uh, they are getting married, Bezrat Hashem, this coming Sunday. It's going to be a major, massive celebration and um, uh, happening in New Jersey. And we wish both the Rosen and Hode families a major Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. I've said this publicly before. I'll say it again. Tyler Hode is a winner. He is an amazing young man and somebody who uh, my family is privileged to have gotten to know over the years. And uh, to him and to uh, Avital, uh, who no doubt is a winner as well, we say Mazalta from all of us here at JM in the AM and a big Mazalta on the Ufruf coming up. Uh, the big Ufruf Shabbos, of course, uh, starts tonight and to uh, Janet and Lior and to Dahlia and Michael Mazalta from all of us here at JM in the AM. Erev Shabbos on this Parsha's Kitisa. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha's Para. Candle lighting at 641 and America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web and on the NachumSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galit's on the background. We'll do some Facebook Live later on. Uh, Malcolm Honline is going to join us by telephone. Uh, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Uh, so he'll join us later on. Uh, we will get Bezrat Hashem to Elliot Steinmetz, coach of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, who will go down as champs. They'll go down as winners. Yeah, they are going to be remembered as the incredible winning team that won their last game of the NCAA tournament in 2020. Uh, we'll speak with him coming up as Rat Hashem. Mark Rosenberg will join us. Nefesh Benefesh. After all, the virtual mega event is happening this coming Sunday. And uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, with Kisisa and uh, Parshas Para all coming up as well. If you keep it here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Tell your friends around the world to tune us in. It's an amazing community. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast. 1 p.m. newscast next. כחול לבן תבקש להצביע כבר ביום שני הקרוב על בחירת יושב ראש כנסת חדש. כתבנו הפוליטי מיכאל האוזר טוב. במכתב שנשלח ליולי אדרשטיין, סיעת כחול לבן מבקשת באופן רשמי לקיים את ההצבעה על בחירת יושב ראש הכנסת ה-23 כבר ביום שני הקרוב, כאשר מאיר כהן הוא המועמד של הסיעה לתפקיד. בתגובה בליכוד אומרים, הודעת כחול לבן היא חרפה, ישראל נמצאת במצב חירום לאומי וכחול לבן עדיין לא מבינים את המשמעות שלו, כך לשון התגובה. התפשטות הקורונה, בוטלו כל ליגות הכדורגל והכדורסל בישראל. עורך חדשות הספורט, עידן קבלר. יממה לאחר ההחלטה להמשיך לקיים את ליגות הכדורגל והכדורסל ללא קהל ביציעים, משרד הבריאות מורה היום לעצור לאלתר כל פעילות בכל ענפי הספורט בישראל, 
בעקבות מגפת הקורונה. ליגת העל בכדורגל תופסק עד לסוף החודש, ליגת העל בכדורסל תושבת עד להודעה חדשה, כך על פי הודעת המנהלות והאיגודים. כתבנו אורן פדידה מוסר כי גם משחקי ליגת האלופות והליגה האירופית נדחו עד להודעה חדשה. לקראת ההרחבה במערך ביצוע הבדיקות לאבחון קורונה, משרד הבריאות הורה למד"א להגדיל פי שלושה את מערך הפרמדיקים האוספים את הדגימות. כתבנו לענייני בריאות מאיר מרציאנו. כדי לעמוד ביעד של 2,000 בדיקות קורונה מדי יום, משרד הבריאות הורה למגן דוד אדום להרחיב את מערך הפרמדיקים שמוכשרים לקחת דגימות. כיום מוכשרים למשימה 500 פרמדיקים שיוצאים לבתים של השוהים בבידוד ביתי ולוקחים דגימות רק ממי שמפתח תסמינים נשימתיים חריגים. שיפור במצבו של נהג האוטובוס ממזרח ירושלים שאושפז במצב קשה מאוד לאחר שהסיע תיירים יוונים שחלו בקורונה. הדוקטור הגר מזרחי מבית החולים פוריה מעדכנת על מצבו. מצבו של נהג אוטובוס התיירים המאושפז במרכז הרפואי השתפר במהלך הלילה והוא כרגע נושם בכוחות עצמו. הוא עדיין מקבל טיפול תמיכתי וכמובן ממשיך ומקבל טיפול כנגד וירוס הקורונה ועל כן מצבו מוגדר כבינוני. הבחינה הפסיכומטרית שתוכננה לחודש אפריל תידחה למועד בלתי ידוע. כך הוחלט במרכז הארצי לבחינות ולהערכה. כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש מוסר כי בשבוע הבא ייבחנו חלופות לביצוע הבחינה בהתאם להנחיות משרד הבריאות. כתב אישום הוגש נגד רוצח הנער אבי ציצושווילי בן הריה, כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל. הילאל בן מוחמד חלו בן 26 מעכו הגיע לפני כחודשיים לנהריה יחד עם אחרים ברכב גנוב כדי לירות ולחסל את מוחמד רובאי שהתגורר בדירה בעיר. בה בעת הנער אבי ציצושווילי בן ה-17 חצה את הכביש והיה סמוך ליד החיסול. יריות שנורו משני אקדחים גרמו למותו של הנער. יעד החיסול עצמו נפצע קשה. פרקליטות מחוז חיפה מבקשת מבית המשפט להורות על מעצרו של הנאשם עד לתום ההליכים. ומזג האוויר גשום וסוער, ייתכנו סופות רעמים וברד בעיקר בדרום הארץ ובמרכזה. קיים חשש משיטפונות בנחלי הדרום והמזרח. אלה החדשות שעורך אילן אהרונוב, בצוות איתי חזן ועומר נחום. Thank you. 
Shlomo Katz calls it Nigun HaSulam here at JM in the AM. Before that, Yaakov Shwekin, his fast medley from Live in Israel. You heard Modet done by David Perlman and Ritzay. And an Aish classic from A.B. Rottenberg and Shlomo Simcha to open up the 7 o'clock hour Friday morning broadcast. JM in the AM. Thanks for tuning in. I welcome all of you from around the world, especially those of you who are uh, isolated at this time, those of you who are in a situation where it's difficult to be in touch with people, we have a community here, a community known as the Nahum Siegel Network. And I'm glad that uh, people from around the world are taking advantage and tuning in. And one of our uh, one of the comments on the app this morning, uh, Nahum, could you please play some Eighth Day? Of course, we'll get to that. If you're in fact present in the studio, you are the man. Well, thank God, uh, because Baruch Hashem at the moment, no, there are no restrictions in this area. And thank God, everyone's healthy, thank God. Uh, yes, we're in studio, and it's a Friday morning live broadcast from the NSN headquarters here in New York City. And I hope that's a comfort to people, knowing that uh, we are here and we're sharing a lot of information. Certainly, uh, Divrei Torah with Rabbi Yudin coming up, information from Malcolm Honline, who's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we're sharing a lot this morning. Nefesh Benefesh has their virtual uh, mega event. We're going to be speaking with Mark Rosenberg later on. We are hoping to speak with Elliot Steinmetz, coach of the East University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, after the disappointing end to their season, but after their incredible season. Um, so we hope to do that later on as well. We're going to be on Facebook Live. You can see what's happening in this studio as all this is going on, all the phone conversations, etc. will be on Facebook Live. Uh, yet another way for this worldwide community to get together. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. That'll start just a couple of minutes from now. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausages, and Deli are the world's best. Serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. A lot of people shopping today. If, if yesterday was any indication, there'll be a lot of people shopping today. Make sure to toss a lot of A&H into your shopping cart for your family. Erev Shabbos Parsha's Kitisa, Erev Shabbos Parsha's Para. Candle lighting at 641 in New York. We're now on daylight saving time. It's a six-hour difference for a couple of weeks between us here in the eastern time zone and the state of Israel. 49 degrees with morning rain and a high of 68. Looks good for tomorrow in this area with a high of 57. Yerushalayim at 53 with some rain. We're at 49 right now with some rain at JM in the AM. Uh, yesterday, Rabbi Pesach Krohn was in studio. I recommend the uh, Facebook Live video, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. We spoke about his brand-new book. Uh, at the Magid Seder, and it was really quite a uh, an interesting and uh, and fun in many ways interview. Um, those of you who don't have the book yet, go to artscroll.com. Go to artscroll.com. Uh, the book is called At the Magid Seder. It is available now at a tw- at a 15 percent discount if you use promo code Radio. We can't emphasize it enough, and we can't recommend it enough. Use promo code Radio to save fifteen percent on Ray Pesach Krohn's at the Magid Seder. So do that now, and you'll be glad you did. You'll save some money and have an amazing book for your Pesach Seder, a great Haggadah that I cannot stop highly recommending. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents. 
of major American Jewish organizations is going to join us if we keep it right here at JMNAM. A good morning and shalom ubriyut uh, from the AJA carpool number 255 riding one last day before they move to remote learning next week. That's listener Daniel down in Atlanta where the max will not be for the uh, championship game, unfortunately, because that's been canceled. Um, and boy, I didn't realize AJA is going to online schooling starting next week. Good luck with everybody with that. There'll be a lot of time spent at home by a lot of people, uh, and hopefully they'll have an opportunity to feel like they're actually in school and learning a great deal as all this is going on. More coming up at JM in the AM. This is a selection as requested by 8th Day at JM in the AM. Away. 
promised us there'll come a time when we'll always say, Shabbos now, Shabbos now.
know it's only a week till I can sing these songs again. So I take it with me every day till Shabbos comes and I can say, come join with me, my friends. Gonna run and all I share. J.M. in the A.M. That's uh, Aryeh Kunstler, Mizmor Shear, uh, here on an Erev Shabbos broadcast. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. We are on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Again, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. You can check out what's happening in this studio uh, between now and the end of J.M. in the A.M. Uh, lots going on, most of it by phone this morning, as uh, Malcolm Holmline is going to join us for the weekly update just a few minutes from now, Executive Vice Chairman. Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Uh, so he'll join us live via telephone. Rabbi Yudin's going to be uh, speaking to us about the uh, Parshas Kitisa and Parshas Para. Uh, Mark Rosenberg's going to join us. NBN Nefesh Benefesh has a um, a virtual mega event this coming Sunday. You literally could do the whole thing online uh, with webinars and um, and conferences. It'll be extremely helpful. If you're thinking of making aliyahs, that's happening Sunday. We'll explain all of that coming up. And we are hoping that the coach of the Yeshiva University Maccabees, uh, the men's basketball team, Elliot Steinmetz, is going to join us so we could uh, tell us how proud, so so we could tell him how proud we are of the incredible team that he has led all year, a team that will um, go down in history as having won their last game of the 2019-2020 uh, season which is pretty cool and pretty amazing. Malcolm Holmline coming up. I uh, want to thank those who are commenting on the app. Uh, listener Judy says, good morning. The interview with Eric Crone was amazing. I appreciate that. I thought it was great. And anybody out there who wants to get the brand new book at the Magid Seder, uh, which we have here. We can actually show it on Facebook Live. Why not? Here's the book. Uh, this is it. At the Magid Seder with Ray Pesach Crone. If you want to get it, go to artscroll.com. Go to artscroll.com. And uh, you'll enjoy a uh, 15% discount if you use the promo code radio. Again, enjoy a 15% discount if you um, if you use the promo code radio um, at artsworld.com. Uh, listener Devora says, love what you said about your father, how he continued to say to even after it was over. There'll be a big influence on me in many ways. He now stands 10 feet taller in my eyes. Thank you. Uh, listener Chaya says, Kushner faculty training is today as we move to online learning by Monday. And thank you for playing a song by Rocky Zwag. The world lost a creative friend when he passed. Yehi Zichro Baruch. Appreciate that very much. Erev Shabbos Parshas, Kitisa and Para. Candle lighting 641 in New York. Malcolm Holmline coming up. Plenty happening here. Remember, we're on Facebook Live. You can go to facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. And, of course, all of our other methods for you to tune in all through the morning right here 
at JM in the AM. By request, here's Benny Friedman. Children laughing as they play The trees start singing without warning It's gonna be a wonderful day You know I got no patience for complaining To stop and quetch about all the bills I have to pay Cause even when there should be sunshine but it's raining My feet will dance me to the quetch my anyway So man is the blessings, they're coming, but you keep on running. Just sound and sing. Plus, three,
JM in the AM, there he is, Benny Friedman with Harash. Uh, Friday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM on this Arab Shabbos. I just want to thank our friends at uh, JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com, you know, we, uh, we always say that um, you have an amazing opportunity every single week to print out hundreds of articles before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world. Uh, you have that opportunity every single week. This week, <laughs> uh, it may not just be Shabbos that you're looking for uh, different things to do. It may be uh, uh, during the week as well. So go to jewishworldview.com, go to jewishworldview.com, check what they have uh, to offer. I think you'll be very, very impressed. And we thank them for reminding their uh, readers about our amazing network here uh, at NSN. Um, we are on Facebook Live. We are on Facebook Live. The bulk of this morning's show, as we said, is going to be with the phone guests. But we figured we have an opportunity this morning, since so many people are on social media, uh, we have an opportunity to expand our uh, network reach and an opportunity to uh, really um, uh, bring together the community of people around the world who want to be together. Uh, people who unfortunately might be quarantined or, or may be ill, of others who are taking a lot of precaution and staying still wherever they are with their families, as many of us are generally at, these, at this time. Uh, and we get an opportunity to uh, hopefully get the, uh, the chizuk and the inspiration by being together. So we're together at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I thank the thousands who are tuned in around the world. And, of course, now uh, we increase that. Uh, generally, we do Facebook Live videos, and we have a guest in studio, a noteworthy guest in studio, like yesterday with Mike Crone. Uh, but today we're using the opportunity to expand our reach and to uh, hopefully get more and more people to be part of this community together during a time when we really, really, really need each other. Candlelighting at 641 in New York. Uh, Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, it's good to be with you in these very boring days and nothing happening and so nice and quiet. So I hope everybody's reading uh, the World Jewish <laughs> Review and the Daily Alert every day and keeping up with everything that's going on. It's really important that people stay informed you and know, not fall victim to a lot of the misreports and you know the panic that is spreading so quickly. You know what's funny is usually when you say what you just said, how you just opened up, at, when you've done that in the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, it's usually a sarcastic comment. You know, nothing's going on and there's nothing to talk about. In this case, I said to you off the air, I feel I feel a little bit like Sports Center, where or I don't know what they're going to be talking about or doing now that every major league has uh, and the NCAA has canceled everything at this point. But we're going to try. We're going to try to uh, talk about the events of the week and try to update everybody in terms of what's happening, certainly in Israel and but the Jewish world. The, the, it, you, it's really an important point. Unlike the sports world, where so much has been canceled. The fact is that there's so much going on right. of serious nature uh, uh, regarding Iran, regarding Turkey, uh, in, in, in the Middle East and globally, aside from the virus. But nothing is getting much attention. And there will be those who will take advantage of this to create new facts and things that when this is over, people will look back and say, when did all this happen? Right, 100%. And uh, we will discuss as many of those things as possible. But we will start, obviously, with the coronavirus. Uh, I don't know if it's fair to compare to two leaders, and certainly the two countries are so different. But let me ask you a general question. What do you think of the way that both President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu have handled things with the virus so far? Well, I would say that I think Israel got ahead of it. Again, the scale in Israel, it's easier to 
to do things when you have a country the size of the United States. Um, and there was a, clearly a lack of uh, preparedness everywhere for dealing with these kind of uh, pandemics. It's not the first time we've had it. And you see in Italy, uh, for example, how poor planning um, led to, to these terrible circumstances and the deaths that uh, followed. Yeah. Uh, look at, at, at Iran, which is probably the number three in, or in the world in cases, maybe number two, because we don't know. But we know from satellite pictures that were just taken, uh, pictures of mass graves that are being dug, that many of the leaders, including uh, Valiati, whom we've talked about many times, and who heads a hospital where they make the references, uh, uh, he has it, and, and there are several people very close to Khamenei uh, with it, and now they're trying to protect him because, you know, he's old, and uh, um, they failed to act when the situation in Qum, where you have Chinese firms, uh, major projects, uh, almost $3 billion high-speed rail link, and um, by the China Railway, Railway Engineering Company, and the, uh, they, they are also refurbishing a nuclear power plant, and uh, there are many Chinese religious students in Kum, which is the religious center, and there they refuse to take steps, including people licking the the site, and um, they, they did not take the steps that they they should have. And I cite it because it, it it these are stories that are not getting out yet, but they will be, and they will be long term consequences domestically in Iran, where the people. Are, are taking action. And, you know, we've talked about the unrest and uh, situation and, and uh, with Hezbollah leaders testing positive. Uh, we don't know. And Nasrallah was already uh, quarantined, n- not because they believe he has it, but because they're trying to protect him from, from, uh, um, uh, from, from getting it. So you, there are many situations ar- around the world, but uh, Iran is particularly serious, uh, and all the borders were, were sealed. The number of deaths that some of the people inside Iran, some of the distant groups are reporting, is is astonishing. They even talked about releasing 70,000 political prisoners, which tells you how many may have, because these are only those who have less than five years left on their prison terms. And they are, um, because they can't handle them, so they're talking about giving them furloughs to be able to go home, and then uh, we'll, I guess will be expected to come back. Uh, and th- at the same time, that we're dealing with the um, with the attacks on 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 Iran uh, militias by the U.S. and almost no response from them because they are so preoccupied with dealing with the uh, the virus here in the United States. I think we're getting beginning to get a handle. I think um, New York State has been very aggressive in its approach to this. Uh, so is New Jersey. Uh, other parts of the country haven't yet been hit hard. And still, the numbers are relatively small, and we have to. People should should keep cool and take the steps and the, the precautionary steps. Everything is closing down for those like me who go into the city every day, and you see the diminution of traffic. We have yeah. friends who, who are in the businesses. We should think about them. You know, their businesses are down eighty percent and seventy percent. This this again, long term implications. So we can't let this become a political football. We have to really think about the consequences of this, what lessons we learned, what lessons we should have learned, and 
And then, you know, blame can always be described later, but this is not the time for that. Malcolm, there are experts, and I ask you this question specifically because you're so familiar with the global scene. There are experts, and you know some of them are in our community, frankly, medical experts that are really predicting doom and gloom. I mean, I mean, stuff, honestly, that I wouldn't even discuss on this show because of how negative it is in terms of projections. Um, and, and they could hear that news, obviously, in any other news source. Um, however, when you read that South Korea hit their plateau more than two weeks ago in terms of numbers, right. and when you, and when you describe to us how China's been handling it and, and to their credit, again, they may have been late and made mistakes, but to their credit, they've now been so aggressive that it looks like they're stemming the tide. Let's put it that way. Doesn't that indicate to you that here in the U S with the way we are behaving and the way we've adjusted uh, and the uh, and, and the uh, the way we are now socializing with others or not socializing with others, etc. Wouldn't that encourage someone like yourself who's observing this world scene to assume that in the U.S. we are going to actually stem the tide even quicker and get to a nor- more normal place even faster, and that that ter- and that all those terrible predictions, I would think and hope, really won't come true. So, first of all, we don't know if the Chinese are telling us the truth. They didn't tell the truth in the beginning, but they did take aggressive action, and they sealed off Wuhan for now, I don't know, 40, 50 days. Um, and, and it does seem to run its course in that period. Uh, I'm not an expert, and I, I do talk to a lot of experts about it because we're obviously very concerned about the implications for our community and for everyone else. Right. But, the, uh, but you're raising an important point that there does seem to be a period that when the appropriate precautionary steps are taken and as i said i think israel's been very aggressive in doing it and can and has limited so far Hashem, the number of cases let's hope i'm willing that will be true in in the u.s as well right. we were obviously not prepared and and if our hospitals get overwhelmed and if the you know getting the testing kits out is really critical and we we were very late in that and and preparing you know, because there is no vir- uh, no vaccine, vaccine. Israel's working on them. America is working on it, but it would still take six months or more. I've spoken to the companies involved, uh, at least to two of them, and uh, they do not yet have vaccines. But even if they do, and, and then it's rushed through by the FDA, it will still take months before. So it's the other steps that we take that are, are um, that are very important. But I agree that that people should look and see that. It can run its course. Uh, doesn't mean it's over, but it does mean that it's controllable and that you can diminish uh, the number of cases uh, from this rapid escalation. But I think it'll be a long time before the economy comes back, before the stock market, other things. You know, people's pensions are are being devastated. I've, I've you know spoken to people who are who really uh, are very badly hurt by it yep. and, uh, and many that that are not being discussed right now because we're dealing with the, the first phase of the crisis but the aftermath will also be serious no question about it and uh, we could sit here all day and i mean that literally discussing who worldwide is affected in terms of their employment in terms mm-hmm. of the the hourly, those who are paid hourly, etc. I mean, outside of maybe the food industry, when you when you saw the videos from yesterday, that may be the only recession-proof industry at this point. Uh, other, other than that, I would think that uh, everybody's being affected in a very, very severe way, and some, of course, in a way that's going to change their lives drastically. With that in mind, are these figures correct, that over 6,000 people work for El Al and 5,000 have been laid off? It is correct, and just on the first part, even in the food or or related industries, the 
Uh, restaurants certainly are suffering greatly, and people don't go out to eat. They may order, but they don't right. uh, go out in the same numbers. But the the um, remember how dependent so many of these companies are on material, right. but plastic plate stuff like that from China. It, they are starting to reship now, but you know it takes a long time until you get everything in the pipeline and, and going. Um, so we have to also remember that, and it may lead to countries be trying to become much more self-dependent and not dependent on on foreign imports on vital things. Um, now, on the uh, the Al situation is definitely true. The flights, well, if you look at the flights in the United States, also um, you can go to Florida for for under fifty bucks if, if you you know you look around for the tickets today. But the Al uh, laid off. Almost all of its employees. The I have pictures from the, um, that a friend took at at the airport yesterday morning. There's literally no one there. Turkish Air, which used to have eight to up to eleven flights a day, is now four or five flights a week. And United and El Al are flying together. Delta has stopped flying altogether. As have all the European, virtually all the European airlines. There's, there's only I think flights through London now. Uh, to the United States and the direct flight, and we don't know how long they'll be able to sustain it. So the government has to step in allow, in order for it to allow to survive. It's going to cost the government up to a billion dollars, at least in, in subsidies right now. And then you have many other companies who similarly are going to be affected, but a national carrier has a lot of significance. Unbelievable. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. We're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Network. So we get these messages and news uh, analysis out to the uh, entire world and uh, increase the uh, the reach of um, of our community during a time that people you know want to be with community. Uh, Malcolm, the you know I turn to you always for words of encouragement. <laughs> although after this, these last five minutes, some people might question that. <laughs> um, but when you when we have an experience like this, you know, my father during some of his synagogue appeals many times would start with the words, "We are open." 365 days a year and we as kids would be sitting there like wait a second aren't we oh yeah yeah literally every single day vacation and holidays and legal holiday and now of course we see something unprecedented in our community where there are synagogues that are closed and closed on shabbat which is unbelievable can, can you give us any words of encouragement when so many people are going to be isolated this coming shabbos Yes, I think that uh, you know this will blow over. This is a short-term uh, necessary step, and I think it's a courageous step for for to take this decision. There are some who yeah. disagree with it, and some who, who agree with it. But I see that more and more are are taking uh, steps. There are some that are, that are dominating outside. There are some that are uh, limiting the number of uh, of the times that they dominate get together. So and and then there will be small gatherings, I guess, of minyanim of ten people, to to try and uh, compensate. But look, there, there are emergency steps that are necessary, and I think for most people, it won't be uh, that extended. For for now, this is necessary. If it goes a couple of weeks, people can can survive it. The you know um, there there are ways. There's plenty of learning you can do. There are things that people can do to compensate. I feel bad for those who had. Weddings and other things planned. Um, the, the, there are people 
who are postulating that the wedding should go ahead, even if just with immediate family or minion, and the same with the, with funerals. Uh, you know, it's an emergency time, and you take these steps because you're saving life, and it's a positive thing that people can understand that you can do something, that you're not all just uh, sitting here as sitting ducks waiting to be attacked by this virus, and and it tells you how far our our religion goes to protect people and to value life. So this is a positive value, not a negative value. And now in this in this. You know, in these times, and I said this to one of my kids yesterday, uh, we're, we're in a period of time of Jewish history or history in general where we have what is necessary to fight off these health hazards. You know, if, if we have the necessary ammunition, so to speak, to do so, let's take advantage and do it. They didn't have this a thousand years ago, and there'd be plagues that, you know, in history that would, would take, would in fact take millions of people. Uh, but we do see that it's very disturbing, and I, I know it's a negative, not a positive. Uh, there are positive things that we can talk about, I hope, in a minute. But the, uh, as, as has happened in the past with plagues that set the world, the, the Jews are being scapegoated. We see a rise in anti-Semitism and specifically related to blaming uh, Jews for, for um, this um, outbreak, even though clearly it was, it was in China. And you see that Israel and in, the, and in the U.S. it was the state of Washington where it started, and state of Washington. And but because of the hype here about an individual, or because of the naming of Jewish institutions associated with it, uh, we know of a public school where they they were, kids were talking about the Jew flu, and Ooh. we know of many internet um, anti-Semitic incitement uh, incidents of incitement, and of course false information that is that is being spread. But, you know, this is a very fertile ground right now for it. And, um, and the, you know, the high profile of the Jewish community in this or individuals from it, uh, you know, fed it. But, it, you know, these guys don't need excuses. They, they are there doing it all the time. Now they just had a new venue, a new vehicle to spread their messages of hate. No question about it. Very important point. In Israel, by the way, they've closed the schools. They'll be closed until after Pesach. Uh, families are going through very challenging situations, and I'm sure you agree, speaking of positive, that whatever feeling, whether it's us or anybody else, whatever feeling of community, brotherhood, sisterhood, social networking, we can give people uh, you know, in whatever fashion possible, whether it's through FaceTime or, or the online courses that now it seems every student in our community is, uh, is uh, going to be involved with. Or, you know, listening into us and just, you know, feeling part of this whole thing, knowing one is not alone. Uh, but there's I, something else they can do. They should think of the Met Council on Jewish Poverty. They should think of all the stakot that serve the poor in Israel. Coming to Pesach, it's a right. difficult time anyway, but especially now, families have been out of work. They don't have an income. There, there, will, be, there will be food challenged. I, I have no doubt that this is going to be very serious. I know governments are trying to help, but uh, we should step up, not decrease our charitable activities. No question about it. All right, there was an election in Israel recently, two Mondays ago. Um, is there going to be an emergency unity government? Is the is the coronavirus going to be the excuse for the president to insist or for the parties involved to finally negotiate and just simply form a unity government at this point? Uh, except for the word simply, uh, <laughs> I think, yes, that there is a strong pressure. The problem is it's never simple, and you have... A lot of forces at play um, 
and and insist, still insisting on certain demands and and uh, requirements for joining a unity government, but the the um, the demand of the people is certainly there right now. I think that they will hold to account those hopefully uh, who who sabotage the efforts to for a sound. Uh, body uh, government that doesn't need to rely on, let's say, the Arabs or others that that uh, where there is opposition to it, so that they can move quickly to focus their attention on uh, the crisis at hand. The problem is that how long will this last? If the crisis is over, does it mean that the unity government falls apart? Mm. Do they think they can set up a system that would give them? A year, two years. Most people don't think it'll last more than a year because it'll be artificially constructed. But the but the problems are both within Likud, within the blue and white, let alone between them. You saw the the individuals who refused to go along with the Gantz's initial plan, and the um, um, in some in, in Likud who who are talking about change. So there's you know it's a time of unrest within the political system. It, this is um, it, it, hopefully cooler minds will prevail but going, and understand that the moment has to be seized. But going back to your first comment about this, I mean, in reality, it, it, no one's really going to hold anybody accountable for holding up the formation of a strong government, right? I mean, who's going to hold them accountable? Maybe, maybe the electorate. Don't the people. I the electorate next time around with with the system. I hear it from everybody. There are people who are resigned to the fact that they'll go to a fourth uh, election, which wow. would be unprecedented and unheard of and uh, ridiculous. I think that the um, but that at some point people are either going to demand to change the system, or they they they're going to demand that these leaders step aside and let those who can form a government form one. There are a lot of options that are available, but certainly at a time of such challenge, it would be beneficial to at least have a government for now. Yeah, that I understand. Um, and just to review, there's no way that Gantz is going to be able to form a government because there's going to be at least one or two or more individuals who will refuse to be in a government with the Arab list. And on the other side, we thought that Netanyahu would be able to get one or two members of the Knesset uh, from other parties to join with the right. Now that he needs three, that scenario is unlikely as well. Would that be the way to put it? So far, we don't see where the three would come from, and uh, but there are a number of uh, people, including uh, David Levy's daughter and uh, and Dell, etc., who are not going to vote for right. the the proposal. So neither of them has an e- easy road to the majority. They could form an already government. And there was talk of doing that, and and also because uh, the Arab parties wouldn't be in the government, they would just support him in the Knesset. And I don't know that Lieberman would be actually part of the government or would support him from the Knesset also. So that's not a stable uh, setup that right now would be advisable, I think. How has, we're always concerned about security of Israel and Jews around the world, how has coronavirus affected the IDF? Well, because they're taking the necessary steps, but they are operating. They continue to take action in Syria, as you saw, against the, the new Iranian buildup. And, and um, the United States also hit Iran-backed militias who attacked American soldiers in Iraq. Um, so they are 
uh, still acting, and, and right now Israel is dealing with a couple fronts. One is the International Criminal Court, which has also now brought charges against the United States or proposing war crimes charges against American soldiers for Afghanistan, just as they are, uh, they, they want to bring charges against um, Israel. The United States and Israel are cooperating in, in this regard. Um, so the IDF, many soldiers have been concerned about it because it affects their travel, affects their right. you know, their standing. Um, God willing, that will be you know will be taken care of. But the uh, overall, the IDF is continuing to function and you know doing its job and playing a role within this society, trying to help uh, where they and uh, where it is needed. So, if we as average people, not yourself, who's always you know involved in the scene, so to speak, but if if average people are always concerned about the Israel Iran situation. Uh, you you would say Israel is no more vulnerable, thank God, than in you know than in regular times, so to speak. And because of what's happening now in Iran, they likely are more vulnerable. They likely would 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 hesitate to take any action against anybody because of the health concerns in that country. Well, Iran. I mean, I'm not sure how much they care about the the people. The, it's the domestic pressure. It's the dissent that worries them, and the threat against the the regime, which has been building up all along, is is um, being manifest now in much greater uh, ways because of the domestic situation, because of the high number of deaths, high number, and uh, and of course, uh, obviously, the high number of cases that that uh, that have been reported. So there, uh, yeah, Iran is still a major focal point. Israel can't, you know, turn away from its uh, external uh, demands the, from Syria, from Lebanon. From they're very worried about uh, escalation of activities that Iran could seek uh, diversion from its uh, current problems. And uh, a senior commander was killed in Syria, uh, which Iran acknowledged uh, that he was martyred. That was south of uh, Damascus. He was supposedly assassinated, the United States. Uh, right? And the question is, what, what, what will Iran, what will Russia do? And we've seen all sorts of activities. Uh, the PIJ delegation, uh, Palestine Islamic Jihad, went to Russia this week. And... Um, did we see a closer relationship there? We're not clear yet what it what it means, but the Hamas, which is trying to still get a ceasefire right now, and because Gaza is very vulnerable to tragedy or tra- tragic consequences if uh, the um, from the virus, Lepage is is sabotaging it clearly at the instruction of its patron Iran. Uh, but now this this uh, new outreach and. You know, each of the countries there are are really specific uh, developments uh, that uh, obviously are not getting the the attention that they need, but are are going to be with us when uh, when this is all over. One of the interesting things, though, in this regard, is that the United States in the State Department report um, it doesn't refer anymore to the Arabs living in Jerusalem as Palestinians. They're called non-Israeli residents who live in Jerusalem. Hmm. And they're saying that you can't have peace built on falsehoods, that there's no Palestinian state, and so they're not Palestinian citizens. They don't want to live under the PA. They want to live in Israel. And um, uh, question why that why that is the case. Israel sent in, by the way, 20 tons of disinfectant to the West Bank. Uh, Beit Lechem is, is, has been uh, quarantined as a whole because of the cases that have uh, taken place there. Unbelievable. Uh, is Putin going to be successful in his attempt to be president for life? 
Well, he passed it, and uh, there's not much opposition uh, to him. He's got bigger problems in terms of that, and that is that the economy of, of Russia is dependent on oil with the current battle between Saudi Arabia and Russia. Uh, Russia is uh, in the, needs a certain price of oil to, to produce. It, Saudi Arabia can produce it cheaper, but the quantities, you know, Russia is the biggest exporter, so they're both stepping up production, supposedly, uh, but there's a a limit to how much they can do that, and and you know the Russian uh, economy is so dependent on the on the oil and the ex the sale of oil and export of oil, with the demand dropping so rapidly and the price dropping mm-hmm. even faster, it's uh, it's it, businesses, especially like fracking in the United States, others are all going to be impacted, but Russia will will have take a major blow from it. Uh, the Turkey Syria Russia situation. Where is that at right now? Yeah, right now, there's an uneasy, uh, let's say, a standoff. Uh, I'm not sure. I wouldn't call it an agreement, but they they have both stepped back from the brink. Um, but and then because of the demands, et cetera, I think people don't want uh, right now to have to focus on that. But the, the tensions are still there. And it's a three-way tension. It's tension between Russia, Iran, and Turkey, each one against the other. Uh, Turkey, as you know, is is releasing some um, of the people, the, the refugees who, are, who came from Syria, uh, or forcing them across the borders. Uh, they did with Greece. Right now, that seems also to have... Uh, uh, have stopped temporarily, at least. So the the tensions between them remain. There are still incidents, as I, I mentioned, some of them right. uh, between different uh, parties, and the, the small scale attacks are are resuming. Uh, and finally, I can't believe I forgot to ask you about this last week. Um, the the Taliban treaty with the United States. What's your impression of that? Let, let's see if it holds. Let's see if they can really make it work. Would you rather have it not happened? I'm always for anything that can reduce the number of casualties of American troops and others. I think it's unrealistic to think that they won't take. We already see them taking advantage of it. And um, I, I hope that the United States will be you know, wise to, in the way it's implemented. Uh, it, again, not a panacea. It's not a cure for the problems in Afghanistan. I'm not sure there are any cures there. But the... Um, it's very important that um, we be wary. We know in the past that uh, terrorists they take advantage of any of these circumstances. Iran, uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, all of their uh, terrorist uh, uh, you know affiliates they take advantage of situations like this, and and especially with people focused on other things that they will will look at. By the way, one other piece of good news: so people that that they're, uh, Israel is advancing the plans in regarding E1 for a bypass road for, for Palestinians, which they see as the first step. But construction freeze is ending in the Jerusalem area. And hopefully we'll see in Gibatamatos and other places uh, construction uh, resuming. And E1, which is a very important link between Mala Dumim and Yerushalayim, and uh, every, the, all the Israeli governments, since I think Rabin supported the plan, but nobody acted on it. Now there may be, because administration uh, support um, will make it possible for for that to be resumed, which is very critical to breaking the isolation, the encirclement of Jerusalem uh, by Palestinian uh, villages and, and the presence. So this is um, 
again, a very important um, step. And, and the people should also look at the situation in Lebanon, where you have an economic collapse. They defaulted for the first time on bonds over a billion dollars that was due on Monday. It's the first sovereign default, whether Hezbollah will take advantage of it and to further extend their control. Um, this is a, a, obviously um, you know, a, a very serious issue for, for uh, this, given the conditions along the Lebanese border and the aggressiveness of Hezbollah over time. Uh, finally, Malcolm, the, the figure that's been bandied about regarding the airline industry in the United States, depending, of course, on how long this is going to last, is $100 billion, which is unfathomable, but we, we see why, because we see what's going on, how it's going to be possible to get to that point. Have you seen any estimate based on any length of time about how the Israeli tourism industry is going to suffer through all this? They're suffering terribly. The question is, will Israelis fill the hotels? But the hotels, like hotels here in the United States, are empty. A lot of the Pesach programs have been closed. Many more probably will be, uh, if if not because of the virus, but because of the economic, you know, they don't have enough people. They don't have the critical mass at this point. And, you know, when it comes time to pay the bills, which is usually a month before, right after Purim, that uh, people will uh, reconsider uh, what they're doing. And by the way, when we look at all the plagues that are besetting us in Iran, there's a huge problem, and, and in parts of Jordan, of locusts who are devouring huge amounts of food at a time when uh, Iran is stretched anyway with food production and, and food security, that the these locusts are are uh, huge swarms. They usually come in, in like one kilometer long swarms. Now they're 10 kilometers long, and they they just devour everything, and pesticides and others are things are not uh, sufficient in uh, countering it. So if Iran was a better friend, Israel and others could have helped them mm. in this uh, crisis. So both in Iran and everywhere else around the world, we've learned this week again that uh, we know who's in charge. I think everybody ought to go step back and take take that message uh, to heart and, and uh, remember that this is... Um, it's a uh, uh, that everything is not in our hands, but it's all in God's hands now. Yeah, no question about it. All right, Malcolm, we'll speak. Please, God, next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You too. Malcolm well. Online is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays, seven forty a.m. Eastern Time here with the weekly update at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A and H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausages, and Deli are the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets Nationwide. Try A&H today. We're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Mark Rosenberg will join us from Nefesh Benefesh. We're also anticipating the coach of the University Maccabees, the men's basketball team. Elliot Stein is to join us after the uh, sad news yesterday that the uh, NCAA has canceled everything. And uh, there will be no game today, uh, but YU will go down in history as tremendous winners in the 2019-2020 season. We hope to speak with him coming up later on this morning right here at JM in the AM. And I welcome those of you who are on Facebook Live and generally don't get a chance to tune in on Friday mornings to JM in the AM, uh, but now have an opportunity to do so. I thank you for that. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candlelighting in New York, 641. A reminder, Rabbi Pesach Krohn was here yesterday. Speaking of Facebook, you could see that video of his visit here at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. This is the book, At the Magid Seder, At the Magid Seder. If you order it from Art Scroll today, enjoy a 15% discount. 
If you use promo code radio, use promo code radio, enjoy a 15% discount. Go to artsgirl.com at the Magid Seder. Use promo code radio. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah of Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Ki Sisa. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Ki Sisa contains four positive mitzvos and five restrictions, a total of nine mitzvos. It is also the third of the four parshios. We've had Shkolim and Zohar. This week is Parshas Pora. Parshas Pora literally reminds us that soon, soon, as we did in the past, we will need to undergo the purification of the Pora Aduma in order for us to proceed with the Karban Pesach. And in Mitz Hashem, it's all coming. We don't understand why and how the Pora Aduma provided us with this purification from Tumas Mace, whoever had come in contact with a deceased under the same roof or actual physical contact. But this is what the Torah tells us, and we follow it religiously, even though we do not understand. So too, there are other things in life that are all around us, which we don't understand, but we have the amuna and the faith that this is nothing by chance. Let's take a look at Parshas Kisisa. Clearly the outstanding part, there are many different themes, positive themes in Parshas Kisisa. However, what stands out clearly is the Cheto Egel, the sin of the golden calf. And every year we have to ask ourselves, ouch, how could this happen? Forty days after they experience the revelation at Sinai, they literally dance around a golden calf and recite those words, Yisrael, this is your God. How could this be? And clearly, while we can't understand it, one answer has to be that man always needs to have the opportunity for Bechira Chavshis, for free will. And so here too, they had the opportunity to exercise either their belief in Hashem or I'd like to at least begin with the end of the parsha, In chapter 34, starting with Pasuk 29, the Torah tells us that when Moshe descended from the mountain, and this is the last time that he comes down, he was on Har Sinai for three different stays of 40 days each, and now when Moshe comes down, what does the Torah say? That Moshe doesn't know, ki koran or ponov, that Moshe's face literally became radiant. 
bidabro ito, with and as a result of Moshe's literally conversing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Torah goes on to tell us that Moshe had to put on a masveh, a veil, etc. I'd like to share with you an exciting medrash found in Medrash Rabbah on Shmos, chapter 47, paragraph 6. And the medrash asks, Umehechan, Natal Moshe Karnehod, from where did Moshe get this radiance and shine? Rabbanan Amri, the rabbis say, Min HaMo'ora, literally from the cave, as we read earlier in this parsha, one of the more challenging parts of the Torah, that Moshe says to Hashem, literally, I'd like to, quote-unquote, see you. Now, we know that God has no body. He is incorporeal. So what Moshe means to say is, let me understand you. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that no man can literally see me, understand me, and live. But yet, Hashem says to Moshe, this is in chapter 33 in this week's parsha, Pasuk 21, literally, there is a place near me, and v'nitzavto al hatsur, you'll stand on the rock. And what's going to happen then? V'hoyon it shall be ba'avor kvodi, when the glory of Hashem passes, and v'samticha b'nikras hatsur, I'll place you, Moshe, in a cleft of the rock, and v'sakosi chapi olecha, and I shall shield you, cover you with my hand, ad ovri, until I pass. And what does the Midrash say? That Rabbi, uh, the, who was this? The Chachamim say that Moshe, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu put his hand over Moshe, Bisakosi Eskapi, that is the time that Moshe got the Karnehod. The second opinion is that of Rabbi Brachya HaKohen, who says in the name of Shmuel that the luchos, the tablets, that Hashem gave Moshe, the second set, they were shisha tfachim. They were six tfachim, handbreadths long, and Moshe held on to the bottom two. HaKadosh Baruch Hu held on to the top two. And from the middle two, Tfachim, Tfachayim Ba'emtsa, from there Moshe got the Karneahod. And finally, the third opinion is that of Rabbi Yehuda. Bar Nachman, in the same name of Reish Lakish, says as follows, Atroyakosev, Moshe who wrote the Torah, Bakumus in his pen, Nishtayer Kimo. There was a drop of ink, left over in Moshe's pen, Ve'eviro al Rosho, and Moshe put it literally by his head as people would put their pen behind their ear. So from that drop of ink that was left in the pen, Mimenu, from those, Naselo Karneahod. So interestingly, we have three different opinions, whether it came from the Mo'ara, the Luchos, or the drop of ink. But think of it, What's the common denominator between the three? 
The common denominator, denominator was that which Moshe could not have, did not have at that moment. In the Ma'ara, Hashem covered his face for Moshe couldn't see. There's more, always more to see, always more to learn, to understand. The Luchos, Moshe had two. He didn't get the carne hold from what he had. It was from what was more beyond the middle two, which he didn't have yet. And the Dio, that drop of ink, which was in Moshe's pen, it was from that drop of ink that Moshe got the carne hold. That too had not been written yet. Perhaps one lesson from this is, is to teach man that, and this is something very interesting, the Rubs Zatzal pointed out, take note, that after the first Luchos, Moshe did not have the Karnei Hod. When did he get the Karnei Hod? He got them after the second one because then Moshe becomes Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu himself becomes that person who exemplifies that drop of ink. Always more to learn. Those two tfachim in the middle, always more to accomplish. That which he couldn't see, that which he will always try to see. The idea that Moshe is teaching us personally and the Mesorah is that the Jew constantly has to be on the move, always upward, always questioning, how can I do more? Never to be satisfied, especially today in the challenging times that we face. On the one hand, we must keep calm. That is so important. But on the other hand, one dare not say, it came, it will go, and that's it. No. That was Purim. That was Amalek. Amalek is Asher Korcha. It's all a mikra. It's all by chance. No, we don't believe that. We believe that Hashem is clearly sending us a message and each and every individual is to internalize this. Each and every individual is to ask Hashem, what is the message that He is sending me? And certainly I cannot tell you, but each and every one of us knows that there is that personal area in our life. You pick and choose. If it's in the area of Torah, do I spend enough time on a daily basis learning Torah? And if I do so, do I do it with enthusiasm and excitement? Avoda, my prayer. How important is your prayer? Whether you're going to be going to shul this Shabbos, if the rabbis in your community say don't go, then daven at home. Whether you're in shul or you're at home, if you're at home, your home is now becoming a Beis Your home is now becoming the synagogue. You have to ask yourself, is my home one that's inviting for Hashem? 
Is it a home which has the proper environment for tefillah? The Torah tells us in Pashas Kiseitse, God forbid there are certain circumstances, times and places that Hashem doesn't want to come into. Make sure your home is not that way. Make sure that what's in your children's rooms, in your homes, is going to be appealing, not just for you, but this is Hashem is coming to your home. This Shabbos, this Shabbos, your home is that Beis And finally, Kimilus Chasodim, do we do enough? Do we reach out, especially in these times, for those persons who might be shut-ins and just, if you can't go visiting, pick up the telephone. That's what the telephone is for, to be able to connect with the next one. This is clearly what? Now I'm going to show you something very interesting from the Megillah. It's just behind us. But we know in chapter 4, that Esther says to Mordechai, Lech Kenos Eskola Yehudim, go and gather the entire Jewish people and Sumo Alai, you shall fast for me, right? And with this, I will go to the king, okay? So, very simply, we have the entire people, and as it was described, that uh, throughout the Jewish world, it was Som and Bechi. We have people fasting, we have people crying, and yet, what does Esther do on the very first day? Instead of remembering what Mordechai said, say to the king to please save the Jews, what does she say? She says to the king, Yavoah Melech Bahaman, let the king come with Haman to the party. And when the people heard this, the Gemara in Megillah, Tezvav Amid Beis, 15b, Reb Nechemia teaches. Do you know why Esther did this? Why is she inviting Haman there? And the answer is that people should, ay, 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 shouldn't think, we don't have to worry. We have a Jewish girl in the queen. We have in, in politics. We've got a way out of this. We don't need any. No. And therefore, the Yasichu Daito Minorachamim. People are then going to say, ah, I don't have to dive in so much. The answer is Esther did it to make sure that each and every one of us then was on our toes and that we meant it and we prayed with fervent plea to Hashem. This is what we need to do now. Each and every one of us in the privacy of our homes, in the Beis HaKnesses, if that's where you're supposed to be, each and every one of us is to dig that a lot deeper and ask ourselves, what is Hashem asking from us individually to make sure that whatever we do in Torah, in Avodah, in Gemilas Chasodim, is not being done mitzvahs anoshim milamuda. It's not being done in a, quote, robotic way. I do it this way every morning I go to shul, I zip in and I zip out. Oh, no. It's time to stop. If you're going already, let the davening be a meaningful one. Say it slowly. There was, the Gemara tells us, in Menachos, 
that Dovra Melech instituted a hundred brachos every day. And the tour explains, because unfortunately, and we can tie it in with the beginning of the parsha. The beginning of the parsha tells us that we count Jews not one, two, three, making them into a number, but each individual Jew is important. And this was something that unfortunately David made a mistake and there was an epidemic in his day. And David said, we can stem the epidemic by the recitation of a hundred brachos every day. Ask yourself, did I recite a hundred brachos today? The Mishnah Brewer says it's not that hard to do. We start in a weekday with 57, three times 19, three Shmona Esrays, and you're on your way. Birchas HaShachar, food. But now I'm asking, take your time, and don't just recite the hundred brachos, but recite them with enthusiasm, and recite them with meaning. And mi ka'amcho Yisrael. That's right. When you and I use the restroom and we wash our hands and we recite that bracha, Asha Yotzar, that too can become a religious experience. We remember the Karne Hod and we say to ourselves that the Corona that is, unfortunately, taking grip on our lives and our society today, that the greatness of Moshe, Moshe Emes Visoroso Emes, Eremuna, Abitochon, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to get us through these difficult times, but each and every one of us, our participation, our self-analysis, our individual tshuva will definitely help bring an end to this spagefa. Shabbat Shalom to all. J.M. and the A.M., my thanks to Rayudin for those important and inspiring words on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos. Candlelighting at 641 in New York. Uh, Six-hour difference between us and Israel. We'll get to Mark Rosenberg, who's in Israel in just a moment. Six hours for the next couple of weeks. So it's uh, 2.39 in the afternoon in Israel on an Erev Shabbos. Um, Elliot Steinmetz is going to join us, coach of the University men's basketball team. After yesterday's sad news that the tournament has been canceled, we'll speak with him coming up here at JM in the AM. And uh, there was supposed to be, as you know, a uh, mega event, the annual incredible mega event from Nefesh Benefesh in New Jersey this coming Sunday. In fact, the last time Mark was on, we actually spoke about it. Uh, now, because of the cancellation of the in-person event, Nefesh Benefesh is holding a virtual mega event this coming Sunday. And you can register for it right now at nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, the virtual Mega session schedule will begin at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday and go all the way until 3 p.m. Eastern time. The vendor list for those vendors you would have met 
at the uh, mega event in New Jersey is available online on the same page, nbn.org.il on the mega page. And there you could read about all the different services that those vendors um, uh, offer to those who are moving from North America to Israel. He is the vice president of Diaspora Partnerships for Nefesh Benefesh. Our good friend Mark Rosenberg is in Jerusalem. Mark, shalom, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom and good morning, Nakam. How are you doing? How are you holding up? <laughs> holding up well, as I'm sure you are as well, based on your reaction. Thank God. <laughs> And uh, we, we are just glued to the news, glued to the news and trying to uh, hope for the best. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, well, the last time you were on, in all seriousness, we thought we were going to meet in New Jersey. Or we were scheduled to broadcast from the mega event, as we always do. And of course, all of what's happened, uh, <laughs> all of what's happened has happened. And now it's a virtual mega event. Now, now you really seriously want people to register for this. You'd like them to go to the site and make it known to you that they're going to be um, uh, logging on to check out these sessions on Sunday, and they will have a very similar choice of sessions and times as if they were at the mega event in New Jersey. Does that basically describe how the day is going to work? Yes, yes. I mean, we were actually going to be tracking everyone in their sessions at, in, 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 the, in, the, in the Gunpoint Marriott. We were going to be taking attendance to see what sessions were most popular, but this is actually more practical because there's a bandwidth. We want to make sure that everyone's going to get to the room. We'll be recording them afterwards. Right. So if you if you have a conflict or you're not going to be able to come to that session, but the idea is that we we want to make sure that there's enough bandwidth, enough room space in, in, in each of these conferences to hold the people and that they'll be able to have the access that they want. Now, I'm just curious because when we spoke, the numbers you gave us about actual in-person registrants was record-breaking and amazing. Are you getting a good response to the virtual mega event? So I'll let you be the judge that I, we checked this morning, and we're up to 837 people have pre-registered. Unbelievable. Um, and that's pretty amazing that we were at a situation last week where um, we were looking a little over 1,000 that had registered. Right. So we're seeing a very positive feedback, I think, with all of the news and all the people with the restrictions and whether it's uh, self-quarantining or people just restricting themselves. Um, it's allowing people to focus on uh, things in a bit slower manner and definitely be able to focus on what's important. So I think the, the timing of this and the availability in the digital platform is, is allowing people to also put this into their daily uh, schedule to make time to investigate the details they need for this exciting move. Pretty amazing. J.M. in the AM with Mark Rosenberg with us live from Israel, Vice President, Diaspora Partnerships for Nefesh Benefesh. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You know, it's funny. Uh, talk about, you know, turning this into a positive. Now there's an opportunity for really the entire family to be part of the webinar or session. Now now it's an opportunity for everybody of every age to be together and to, you know, and, and really, really restart in many cases or continue in some cases the, the discussion about Aliyah. It's funny how this seclusion that some families are going through at this point might actually get them to converse about future plans. Um, indeed it is. I think it's also um, spreading the geography. Some of the some of your listeners in Memphis or in Silver Spring and other places are saying, oh, this is such a great event, but I, you know, it's not convenient for me to travel so far, it's, it's, so right. it's bringing the same information to their living room. But it's also causing us to uh, also make sure that it's going to be much more relevant to that wider audience. Another thing that we just put out on top of the content is you know, uh, a type of trigger questions that, that families who want to have an Aliyah conversation at, at their Shabbat table or at their dinner table, they can, they can print this list of questions and put it in a jar and allows them to raise questions about 
what their life's uh, life is going to be like, fears, hopes, and dreams. And that's causing us to calibrate to make sure that it's going to really speak to every listener, every person who's coming in to get the information that they're going to need. A lot of the sessions that you would have had in the in-person mega event obviously are part of these sessions um, uh, this coming Sunday online, including renting a home in Israel, planning Aliyah, the educational system, healthcare system, uh, buying a home, leveraging your English language skills, etc. Uh, Aliyah rights and benefits. There are many of them, and they're all online, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. And Mark and I are encouraging everybody around the country at this point, as you heard. That's a very good point. It's not just limited now anymore to the east, where people would come from far and wide to be in Teaneck this Sunday. Now everybody could log on. Um, so we're encouraging people to register now at nbn.org.il for the virtual mega event. Mark, we should point out, in addition to all those topics I just spoke about, uh, a lot of people in the medical field were looking forward to the special MedEx uh, event and meeting certain people that would be beneficial to them in terms of their Aliyah process. Now, obviously, some of that can't be done online, and I get that. But you are going to have a medical licensing overview as one of the sessions on Sunday. Sure, sure. I think that it's actually we're going to try and make the services almost as powerful that if, if you really wanted to come up and ask that person that individual question, you're going to have access to be able to um, get that person's contact information. And I think this is a great example of where, where you know, where there's a will, there's a way, where there's desire, then, then, then Hashem will also, you know, give you the answer. So it, it's going to be a point where the, the nurses or the doctors are going to come forward with their forms, and the Israeli um, bureaucrats, the people from the <laughs> Ministry of Health, are seeing that there's this desire, but, you know, there's this limitation, and it's a, it's a global limitation. It's not just, you know, inconvenience or a justifiable excuse. So I think we're going to see a proper response to help people overcome come um, these obstacles and, 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 and receive positive answers. It's a great, there's nothing like networking. Um, networking in person is really wonderful, but with an appropriate distance, I think you could also have a, a great positive connection. And we're working hard with all these partners in the government, with different agencies to make sure that the people who are coming forward are going to be able to get their answers and move their plans forward. It's time to consider your family's move from North America to Israel, and nothing's going to stop them at Nefesh Benefesh. There's no mega event. They created a virtual mega event. Register and get all the information now, plus the vendor list and all the info at nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. It all happens this Sunday, beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Mark Rosenberg, is there anything you'd like to add, sir? Uh, well, I will be there. You're welcome to come to the session that I'm giving on finances and budgeting for your life in Israel. But it's, once again, it's just this, take this opportunity. I think uh, what I said earlier is, is, is as I'm thinking about, you know, how slower this Shabbat is going to be for my family here in Jerusalem, looking out the window as the rain is coming down here. As things slow down a little bit, allows you to maybe recalibrate a little bit what you're looking for. Our virtual event is a great opportunity just to make that step forward and explore it. We invite you to be a part of it and uh, register, and we'd love to uh, at least see you on the screen, if not, since, since we can't do it in person. And if I'm reading this correctly, you'll be speaking at 2 p.m. Eastern time, right? That, I'm supposed to be live and ready to go at 9, so that's uh, 8 o'clock your time. Yes, with the time change, yes. There you go. Thank you very, very much, Mark. Good luck. It's amazing what All Nefesh... All the best. The best of health to Israel. I'm main to that. It's amazing what Nefesh Benefesh has done. No mega events they created. A virtual mega event. Kolakavod. And best regards to Rabbi Fass and everybody at Nefesh Benefesh. NBN.org.il for all the information and for registration. NBN.org. .il. Plenty more coming up Friday here at JM in the AM.
Shlomo Katz, Bowie Vishalom. Erev Shabbos Parshas Kitisa on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Para as well. Candlelighting in New York, 641. Well, one of the people that we are uh, very anxious to speak with is, is in fact with us live via telephone. That is the coach, the head coach of the winningest uh, team in Yeshiva University basketball, men's basketball history. Uh, and in addition, the coach of uh, a remarkable group of young men who have captivated the Jewish world, uh, who have had a global and international effect on the Jewish community that is unprecedented, in my opinion. And I've, and I've been observing, as I've told enough media sources over the last two weeks, I've been observing the Yeshiva University Maccabees uh, for almost 50 years, and that's not even an exaggeration. Uh, and the job that he and his coaching staff have done and the job that these students have done is remarkable. For those of you who are not as familiar with the sports scene, although I would have assume at this point that everybody knows the news, uh, the NCAA, in addition to uh, every pro um, a sports league in this country, has uh, either suspended or canceled, in the NCAA's case, uh, the rest of the season, the rest of the tournament. And today, which was supposed to be such a special day in the Sweet 16 for the Max, uh, today, unfortunately, there will be no game. Coach Elliot Steinmetz, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hey, thank you, Nahum. 
First of all, Mazel Tov. Uh, I don't know how we could possibly begin a conversation when the season has officially ended without wishing you the utmost of congratulations and by emphasizing with you on the other end of the phone uh, that incredible global and international uh, inspiration that you and your players, and I know you would say it was the players only, uh, have given the Jewish community worldwide. So we start this by wishing you a big Mazel Tov. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, had the team take the news? Uh, I assume this happened, and uh, it, it, I assume it happened as they were driving down to Virginia anticipating the Sweet 16 game. I would also assume that because of your status in the NCAA, you sort of had a feeling that this very likely would go down. Uh, what was yesterday like, and what was the team reaction? I think, um, you know, once the NBA uh, canceled uh, the night before and we started seeing various Division One conferences start to cancel their postseason tournaments, uh, you know, I had a pretty good idea it was coming. Um, it was literally as we pulled up into the uh, hotel <laughs> parking lot that the actual uh, release came down from the NCAA, uh, canceling the rest of the season. Uh, so, you know, the guys took it hard. Um, you know, they're pretty resilient in general. and they, they shake things off pretty well. But this one was, uh, was a pretty big uh, pull to swallow. Uh, they were excited, obviously, you know, first time in history being in the 16 and, and an opportunity to go further. And we were feeling pretty good about our chances down in Virginia. Uh, were you able to prepare? Were you able to prepare them with what you just told us? That you know, based on, on on the way things are going, you know, prepare yourselves for this piece of bad news. I, I think there was. I think everybody kind of knew. Uh, you know, everybody had an idea this was a possibility. After last weekend, you know, I think we were pretty close at certain points last weekend already to not playing. Wow. Um, and wow. you know, I, I think that uh, it, it was something that was kind of on everybody's radar and on everybody's mind as a possibility. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to get too upset about it. You know, it, you know, basketball is it, basketball is not life, and you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are obviously sick out there. And you know, I hope in a number of uh, months or, or weeks that we're looking back at this and it, and it wasn't too serious of an event. But uh, you know, the problem right now is that you just don't know, and um, you know, there's a lot of panic out there, whether it's warranted or not. Um, so you know, life's about perspective and. Uh, you know, this was the cancellation of a basketball season and, and, and nothing more. So, uh, you know, hopefully it's uh, taken the right way. And, and, you know, as upsetting as it is, it's, uh, you know, kept in perspective. That having been said, and we do appreciate that perspective, believe you me, and we're promoting it, but that having been said, uh, you could speak to, and hopefully the next time you're here you'll you'll go into detail for us, you could speak to the incredible investment that your players, specifically for a moment, your seniors, have made over the last four years to the program and to the worldwide Jewish community. It had to have been, I understand when you described them as sad and they expected the news, but in a way it had to have been devastating that they look back at all the hours and all the blood and sweat and, and the commitment both in their heads and on the court, and then they have to go through this. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, especially especially our seniors who you know came in four years ago, uh, and you know we talked about these moments specifically and these goals specifically. Uh, you know, the the early morning practices, the late night film sessions, the you know constant preparation by the guys and reviewing scout. Um, you know, having to make up schoolwork when we have a game. 
studying for tests in between, uh, you know, on weekends that we're away uh, traveling. Um, you know, just all the time and effort that they put in, you know, to reach these goals that we talked about for four years uh, were kind of, you know, finally coming to fruition and we were going to get our chance to kind of, you know, push through and get there and, and then to have it, you know, pulled away. Uh, for reasons that are completely out of anybody's control, it's uh, it's it's sad. No question about it. By the way, you you sent a little shudder through me, and I'm being serious when you just mentioned that you were close, or or we don't realize as fans how close you were to not playing the first and second round games. I mean, thank God. I think this has to be part of the perspective that we as fans and obviously your team were able to experience that, something that never happened before in YU history, winning two games in the round of uh, in the uh, NCAA tournament. No doubt. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, looking back, it'll, it'll make, have made a very big difference that we got to play those games in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we went, we went through, obviously, an incredible regular season and, and even an incredible uh, skyline postseason. Uh, you know, going undefeated in the conference is something that's never been done and something that we'll obviously have forever. Uh, you know, but to get outside our conference and be able to compete nationally, um, you know, not just with the teams that we put on our schedule, but with the teams that the NCAA decided to put on our schedule last weekend, you know, was an incredible opportunity. And to come away with not just two wins, but really two dominant wins was a chance for our guys to kind of get out on the national scene and say, you know, hey, we're here, we can play with anybody. And, and I think they were able to show the larger basketball world, you know, exactly that over those two games. Unbelievable. All right, I, I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you the the fan questions that that you might you may roll your eyes at, uh, but you know what some of the fans are thinking out there. We'll start with this one. Uh, th- there is a uh, proposal by a coach in this country to host the sixteen teams in some type of informal tournament, um, just to see, quote unquote, what would have happened. Would that be something that your players would be interested in? I, I saw that, actually. Uh, Oshkosh's coach uh, put that out on Twitter last night, which I thought was just an awesome uh, an awesome idea. You know, I, I don't know if it's realistic. I don't know if it's uh, realistic in terms of the NCAA or, or even in terms of player travel and everything like that. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's one of those kind of uh, coping mechanisms where, you know, our guys, uh, you know, guys don't have anything to look at right now. Uh, and I think in general the whole sports world is like that. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as time goes on, I, you know, I imagine that concept will, will dissipate a little bit. Uh, but it's definitely uh, definitely a cool thought. So there's no way that there's no way before they got on the bus this morning that they played a pickup game against Randolph-Macon, huh? No, that did not happen. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a video that I'd be showing in my house at 2 o'clock this afternoon if it would have happened. Uh, the second question is, um, I mean, is there any value and, and, would, the, uh, and would the NCAA even recognize uh, the Yeshiva University men's basketball team as the, I don't know, you know best record of 2019-2020 in Division Three nationwide basketball? Would there be any recognition like that, or that's something that, frankly – you know, you wouldn't spend much time thinking about. It. I don't think we spend much time thinking about it. I don't know that we. I don't know that we need the recognition. I mean, it, it is a fact. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of how the season ended. Uh, what it means is, uh, you know, to everybody else is irrelevant. You know, it, it means something to us. You know, we were able to kind of finish out. You know, not having lost obviously in in the last twenty nine games. We haven't lost since uh, whatever that first game was, November 9th, I believe, in California. 
Um, you know, we, we always talk about winning on the last day that you play, and you know, we've <laughs> obviously been able to do that, whether or not it was in our control to play another game. And, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of positives to look at, you know, looking back at the season and, and very, very few negatives. Uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate how it ended, but, you know, that, that's, that's unfortunately that's life. You know, I, excuse the excuse the uh, morbid comparison, but for those of us old enough, uh, when Thurman Munson unfortunately passed away, uh, Yankee Stadium was dominated for the next 20, 30 years by, uh, by shirts that people wore that said Thurman Munson, a champion forever. The reference being that he was a champion in 1978 and died a few months later. Uh, the reality is that the Yeshiva University Max 2020 edition will be winners forever, and that you can't take away from you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hear that, and and you know, I, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a tough comparison, obviously, and you can still go to Yankee Stadium today and see, and see those shirts. <laughs> right. you know, that was somebody that impacted people in New York in in, in a very big way. Um, and you know, I, I get it. This team obviously impacted a lot of people, which I think is exciting and and great, and and they deserve that. Um, you know, but again, it, it's about perspective, and you know, those guys going to go back either to campus today or or back home to their families and. Uh, you know, wait to see what the situation is with when school's going to, you know, reopen classes and, uh, you know, see what the online class situation becomes so they can continue their education. I'm driving back. I'm going to go to my office and, and get right back into the real estate closings and, and my commercial real estate practice and, uh, you know, go back uh, home and have Shabbos and, and kind of life goes on uh, around basketball. And, you know, as, as sad as it is to have a season end, uh, you know, I think it's you know it's important to have a perspective on it and and be able to you know move forward with with you know positivity either way. Elliot Steinmetz with us, coach of the University Men's Basketball Team, and boy, do I appreciate the time he's giving us this morning at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web, NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. All right, one more basketball question, and then we'll get to my favorite topic to wrap up. Um, there are fans who speculated, but then they really got a boost when ESPN started reporting that there might be a consideration by the NCAA in Division One basketball, and then you'd have to assume, I guess, that it would extend to the other divisions, uh, to offer uh, those seniors from this year eligibility for one more season. Would that have any impact on the 2020-2021 Yeshiva University Maccabees? Yeah, I saw some stuff out there about that. I don't know how realistic it is, and, you know, just kind of thinking it through, you know, you wonder if they then have to extend it down to every class that now considers themselves losing a year. So right. even the freshmen, you know, sophomores and juniors, all technically, if the seniors lost this year, then they did too. I can't see the NCAA really doing that, but, but man, if they did, uh, you know, we'd be looking to get uh, Simica Halford and Donnie Katz into back at the graduate school pretty quickly. Oh, okay. That's good to hear. I just wanted to make sure that some of the star players were on board with this idea. That's all. Uh, Elliot, my favorite topic, and here we go. Uh, I've said this for years. I've said it uh, a lot more over the last few years because of the way the team has performed. Uh, it is unbelievable, and I say this, by the way, on a regular you know, weeknight when they're playing. I don't just wait for playoff time. Uh, what they do in terms of how they represent our people, 
uh, what they do in terms of this incredible unity that's uh, revolving around our tradition. I don't know how many previous Mac teams were singing Mishanichnas Adar and dancing with a Hassan who's on the team uh, in previous years when they were in a private environment of the locker room. And, and, and you know, I can give a million other examples, as you know. Um, and, and the worldwide impact, and I don't just mean – you know, you hearing from people around the world. I know that happens constantly, especially during playoff time. But just the unbelievable pride and the incredible energy that the, the community has gotten around the world from your team is simply amazing. Do you know, and it, look, you, knew, you know the numbers in terms of who was watching uh, during the first and second round of the NCAAs. Do you know how many people were anticipating this game today? Do you know how many people, you think, you think it's only your team and the families and friends? Do you know how many Jews around the world were, were putting this in their appointment calendar not to miss this Erev Shabbos encounter with Randolph Macon? Did we lose Elliot? Did we lose Elliot after that dramatic and incredible question? We'll give him an opportunity to call back. Oh, and the truth is, I get an opportunity to uh, I get an opportunity to repeat the question. Elliot, at what point during my question did we drop out? Literally four seconds ago. Good. So you heard the whole thing. Do you know how many people had put in their phones today, two p.m. Eastern time, to watch Yeshiva go up against Randolph Macon? Yeah, the, the impact's been incredible, and, and, and the truth is you couldn't pick a better group of guys to do what they're doing this year. I mean, there's just the, the personalities and, and the, the way they carried themselves. You know, that, that post-game in the locker room with the singing and the dancing was such a natural thing for them. Unbelievable. A, they have such a family feel and such a you know, real togetherness that it was just special to watch, and, and, and honestly, for me, it was just a privilege to be a part of it. Did, how, what was Purim like? What was Purim like with the team? It was definitely different. It was a lot of fun. You know, it's, uh, you know the last time we were able to do that was two years ago in, in York, Pennsylvania, when we had to travel on Purim for the tournament. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, obviously, under the circumstances that we had, it was a little bit different, uh, trying to kind of keep them away from people and... Um, you know, you know, keeping them off campus, obviously, uh, with everything going on, just for the optics. Uh, but it was, it was awesome. Like it was just nice to have the whole group together and 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 be able to have a suda together and and daven together and do Megillah together. Uh, you know, it's a good bonding experience with the guys, and and it was, uh, you know, definitely mission uh, That's for sure. Elliot, what was the reaction uh, to the videos of young people in their Ofec Reef Purim costumes? <laughs> Yeah, those were getting passed about around the locker room all, all weekend, and uh, definitely the guys were enjoying enjoying seeing that. And it wasn't just young people. I saw pictures of guys that I played with at YU back in the day who were dressed up. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, it just, it, the spirit that your team has brought to the Jewish world is simply remarkable. Just incredible. It goes down. Tell me if I have it right. It goes down as a 29-game winning streak. Is that it, 29-1? and one? That is correct, yeah. 29-1. and one. Elliot Steinmetz, coach of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, who have made us so proud. And what sad news we got yesterday at the game today, and of course the tournament has been canceled, but it gives us an opportunity to look back on one of the most amazing and incredible seasons. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for opening night, frankly. That's how anxious I am to see the Max play again. Elliot, please join me. 
in wishing the Rosen and Hode families a major mazel tov for Avital and Tyler's wedding this coming Sunday. Oh, yeah, big mazel tov to the Hode family, no doubt, and uh, very excited for them. And, you know, Tyler's been a leader on this team since he's a sophomore and, uh, you know, excited to see what he becomes in life and and the human being that he's going to be in the community leader. So, uh Definitely uh, hope it's uh, a major simple for them this weekend. 100%. Elliot, I can't thank you enough. Please reserve a seat for me for opening night, please. You got it. Always. <laughs> and have a wonderful Shabbos, and thank you. There he is, coach of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And 29-1, uh, and one. pretty amazing, huh? And Mazel Tov to Avital and Tyler. I've said to Elliot and I've said to this audience, Tyler Hode is a winner. If you want kids in our community to emulate someone, and there are a lot of guys in the team they should they, they could emulate, but I'm just giving you one example. Tyler Hode is a winner, and we wish him and his Kala and both families, the Rosens and Hodes, a major mazel tov uh, this coming Sunday. We're a little over time. I apologize. A big thank you to our videographer, Yehoshua Siegel, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, and a big thank you to all of you for tuning in on a very special Friday here at JM in the AM. It is time to say good Shabbos, and that means we have for you journeys at JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wow, behind schedule, and I apologize. Table for two next with Naomi Nachman, Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, coming up at 10.15. I've run me tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Mott is 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday with JM Sunday. And we're back here Monday morning at JM in the AM. Don't forget Rabbi Crone's book from Art Scroll. Enjoy 15% off with promo code radio. Enjoy 15% off with promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Enjoy 15% off Rabbi Crone's brand new book at the Magid Seder on promo co- with promo code radio. Check it out. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Wonderful weekend. Stay strong, everybody, and stay healthy. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.